I'm like hyped up on having driven for two and a half hours. Yeah, been there. So so I'm like, I'm good to go. I'm like, I feel like the world's still moving. Uh, <laughs> how it is when you drive for a really long time. Yeah, I'm gonna just uh, I'm gonna start our timer. All right. All right, got an hour. Let's do this shit. Let's do this shit, fucking for real. Let's get down. Let's get down to business. Let's get down to um, nitty gritty. Welcome to direct video. VHS? Steve DX. That's right. I went through it really quick that time. Tony doesn't want to waste any time. Don't waste any time. Which is why I'm going to do a quick segue. Okay, perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just because I know we can't talk about it, so I just want to get this out here. I tweeted about it earlier uh, this weekend, but me and, and my little brother went and we saw the Thor Ragnarok movie. Oh, shit, we can't talk about that because... Like, I've been saying, oh, I'm going to see Guardians, I'm going to see Guardians, but I really want to see Ragnarok. It looks oh, fucking okay. great. <laughs> I I don't want to say anything then, because I, I don't okay. want to... I don't want to put any thoughts into your head before you watch the movie, so... Okay. Um, here, Never actually, mind. Actually, just give me just give me your overall. Let's say out of three, like, one was not great, two was okay, and three was good. I'd give it a three. Okay. See, that doesn't give me enough information to actually inform my opinions. <laughs> no, definitely go definitely go see it. Definitely go see it. Form your own opinions. I um I also saw it a week ago. Okay. And yeah. I, I if you're a fan of horror, if you're a fan of uh coming of age stories between children, uh, if you're a fan of good child actors, like get, this movie is kick ass it's very good the special effects are wonderfully done all of the actors in it are doing a phenomenal job and i cannot wait for the sequel there's gonna be a sequel well the 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 it book uh, and the old and the original tv miniseries are broken into two parts there's the part with the kids and there's the part when they're adults oh weird so so uh they decided to release a feature-length film that's only the kid half which means there is an adult part in development right, right. now. Right. Um, I, I will say it would be super cool if they just waited 27 years for these actors <laughs> to grow up. I know why they're not doing that, because that would be crazy. Because that's fucking insane, is why. That would, yeah, but um, I, I, I will miss not seeing these kids in action. They were all very good. You mean you'll miss seeing these kids in action? I will miss seeing these kids in action. Right. Because they were all very good. Right. So that's it. Those are, that's my so new movie thoughts. DVD uh, Tony, you... is a podcast in between podcasts where we talk about whatever we want. This and, week, and what... I'm Tony, fucking, we're going to be mostly Tony, talking about a bad, bad video game, I think. Tony, Tony, Tony is on the pulse of video games by talking about a game that came out, what, four years ago? <laughs> what are you saying? I don't want to put you, I don't want to put you on blast, but like. You're playing Shadow of... I am fucking not. <laughs> what, okay, no, what I'm, were you playing? I'm watching a playthrough of Shadow of War. Oh, okay, I thought you were playing Shadow of Mordor. No, see, Shadow of Mordor, like... I saw stuff for that game and I was like, oh, it's stupid. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, yes. Shadow of okay, War is okay. like, oh, it's stupid. And then on top of that, it's like... I... Ugh. Oh, damn it. I'm really disappointed, actually, because I was really hoping... That we could just spend today talking about games that came out two two to four years ago because I've been playing a game that came out two years ago. Okay, what's that? Uh, that's Metal Gear Solid V. Okay. But yes. which I remember when that came out, everybody, everybody shot a brick about it. Everybody was so hype about it. It is. It is. I think one of the best gameplay games i have ever played to this day like it it just it feels so good to just play mm-hmm. and the story is crazy bonkers in a way that's really cool but it doesn't it doesn't really get to go anywhere which is a damn shame but I, anyway we're not here to talk about that we're here to talk about shadow of war i've so i played i played about 20 minutes of, of shadow of mordor i got it for free Mm-hmm. Uh, on PlayStation, I played it for about twenty minutes. I got into one really cool fight. So you I think I talked about it on the, the podcast. You didn't get to the best part, or one of the best parts about well, so, Shadow of Mordor, which is um, your mind control power. 
So, so no. Okay. Which that oh, that doesn't it, well. So I played about ten minutes of it, and after about ten minutes, I was like, if if most of this game is this combat, I've already played Batman three times. Mm-hmm. I'm good. I'm out. I'm done. And also, I've also played like five or two Assassin's Creed games, so I don't need the open world check well, off yeah, meaningless that's, side quests. That's something that so many Assassin's Creed games do. And the other thing it takes from Assassin's Creed games is this like being surrounded by five people and then basically having like quick time maneuvers to dodge yeah. and block and stuff, which has always been the most gimmicky bullshit in games for me. Like, yeah, it's cool that I didn't get hit that time, but I need to, like, press triangle at the right time five times in a row and, like, throw five people over my head or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, like, when that happened in the first Assassin's Creed game, it was fine because it was new. Yeah, And then it... it went on to happen in every Assassin's Creed game and then all the games that base themselves off of Assassin's Creed games. There, there's no satisfaction because it doesn't feel like you're overcoming five opponents. It feels like you're overcoming the same opponent five times. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like um, in, it's like in a movie when they have uh, they have a big fight scene between like one guy and twenty other guys, and uh, the twenty other guys come at them one at a time. Yeah. It in a movie you can make that like 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 there's there's a difference I think between like a badly shot movie because I know I know for a fact that you can do that trope in a way that's fun and engaging because I've watched so many Jackie Chan and Bruce Lee movies. You can, but see when it's like I don't know how I don't know why when they do it it's entertaining, but basically if you watch a different uh, especially like an American kung fu movie with like maybe Ugh. they got Nick Cage a, a, an the, oxymoron if I ever something. heard one. <laughs> Yeah, God, and that the the word American kung fu movie just like gave me chills. Like, uh. Well, yeah, babe, but so it mm. follows all the. On paper, it, it should be a kung fu movie, and in practice, it's bullshit. And that's, it, yeah, that's, and, what, and, and, that's what the gameplay of all these Assassin's Creed type games feels like to me. You you said you said to me, and I I, I think this is my favorite. Uh, thing that you've said to me because I agree with it wholeheartedly that Assassin's Creed has managed to create the most boring genre of video game. Oh yeah, it's fucking. I just yeah, it's okay. So one of the things is that open world thing. Yeah. Right, where it's like it's like quests will pop up, but they won't be quests to have to do with your story or your character's story. They're just like shit that's happening. Mm-hmm. And I think the later Assassin's Creed games, and Shadow of War does this, have it so that those pop off all the time. And so you kind of always have content. Yeah, they have proc-gen quests. Right. And that's a clever idea, but it makes it so that your storytelling is null. It ruined it. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, and then there's the whole open world concept where the way you traverse the world is the same... And, like, it's not fun to have an open world if all you're doing is running to get to the next mission instead of, like, exploring. Because there's no exploring in Assassin's Creed games. The stuff is there. You know what yeah, I mean? I, yeah, you, you... Check you, it on the map and then go after it. You you spend, you spend like, the you spend, like, uh, like, 20 minutes running to all the towers and, and uncovering the map. And then all of the quests are there. You can see them. Right. And that it it ruins I don't I don't want to say it ruins, but it destroys any sense of discovery because you didn't discover <laughs> it. You climbed on a tower and then got a list of shit to do. I'm sorry, Andy, you were like, I don't want to say ruins. It destroys. <laughs> yeah. It ruins wasn't a strong enough word is what I meant. Okay. Because because ruins implies that there was something there. There was never anything there. It was just like I I think peak the peak of the genre that was climbing a tower and getting a checklist of things to do was Assassin's Creed 2, which the only reason it gets a pass is because its story was pretty fucking good. Assassin's Creed always had a story problem, though, because it's it's like it's got the smaller story, the history story inside of the bigger story. <laughs> and the bigger is... and, and the bigger story was never <laughs> that interesting. The bigger story to me. This this movie, this 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 game released in 2010. 
Oh god, I forgot. That I forgot like about this shit. Eight hundred games had the bigger story that the world was gonna end in twenty twelve. I I completely I completely forgot about that. But yeah, that was the story. Oh fuck. Which which they've thrown away at this point. Like the the new from what I've he- heard, the new Assassin's Creed, which is kind of like a a soft reboot mm. prequel, like. They, okay. They've just almost completely thrown out all of the present day stuff, which is a shame because some of that stuff was interesting, but also kind of a good thing because the way that stuff culminated in that third game was beyond disappointing. So, Didn't so you've they been playing. See an angel and Kristen Bell died, and then like and <laughs> and then Nathan Drake died too. Pity. Okay. Yeah, I know. Spoilers. I don't like for the Uncharted games. Assassins. But Uncharted okay, is, let, like, mm. a better game. Okay, you just said something that, like, made me, like, react. I, and I said I don't like the Uncharted games, which I don't. Mm, and okay. you're gonna have to fucking deal with it. But it's a, I, game, I, it's a game that's all, like, climbing and fighting, and it does it a lot better. It's like a it, semi-platformer. And and I think part of the reason it does it better is because at the end of the day, the there's only the goal of completing the story. Right, there's no point... The yeah, there's no point in Uncharted where it's like, all right, now do 50 pieces of bullshit before you can arbitrarily do the next story mission. I don't want to. I don't want to be like bashing open world games because a lot of open world games are good. Like well, Inquisition, I'll quit an open world game because it's too fucking big. But a lot of people like being able to play for 50 hours and still have stuff going on. Well, and that's the thing. Like, I'm, the the game I'm playing right now, Metal Gear Solid V, is an open world game. You have mm-hmm. multiple open world maps that you can just run around in. But the strength of those games is, on top of all of these honestly optional side missions, it, you have you have just mission after story mission, and mm-hmm. the game is built so that everything ties into the main story, even the side stuff, and and it all has dialogue. It all has. Uh, like super funny like quips and interactions and the world is built so that everything you do is dynamic and fun assassin's creed isn't though like there are so many assassin's creed missions that are just run a relay race and one thing shadow of war does is it has these characters and it's weird (laughs) it's weird having watched lord of the rings and the and all three Hobbit movies mm-hmm. to have these orcs with like interesting characteristics, and part of this is how they have interesting characteristics, and it gives them full personalities, which is weird because then you mind control them all, and it's just oof. But as, <laughs> um, well, as somebody who has always found the concept of orcs to be incredible. Fuck, extremely problematic. This game takes it to like a whole nother level of fucked up attitude. It's pretty troubling, yeah. But the orcs themselves are people, and they act like people, and that's interesting. Like when you discover when you when you discover a new like mini boss, you get a list of what he's weak against and what he's strong against. And every time you face one, he yells at you about how much he's gonna kill you. And that is something, and it's super not enough, especially when we compare it to some of the other characters. Here's my segue. Can we talk about Shelob? All right, all right, all right. So so for, for those of you who don't know, for those of you... I Did we talk about this on I, a podcast, or did we talk about this on our own? I don't know. I, I know I I know I mentioned it to you, and you were flabbergasted. It was insane, um, and it's still the, insane. So, for those of you who aren't aware, uh, Shadow of War is a sequel to Shadow of Mordor, uh, to a, a currently two-game series uh, set in the um, what, what feels like what what honestly feels like somebody's like deep personal fan fiction of oh, yeah. Lord of the Rings, F- like from from the fact that like the main character the main character is nobody. He's like some fucking guy. He's, he's, yeah, he's like a weird Aragorn stand Yeah. And he has it's the like, ghost of not Sauron in his head. Yeah, he has the ghost of the guy who wasn't Sauron. Uh, which, if you read Lord of the Rings, there are two guys, but just one of them, like, fucked up and died, and Sauron became the main... Right. Well, not the main bad guy, but the sub-bad guy. Whatever. Or, I mean, Saruman. I meant to say Saruman, not Sauron. Sorry. Sa- no, <laughs> Sauron. This is the problem with Lord of... With Tolkien... I want to go back in time and punch Tolkien in the face. 
He has yes. two big villains, right? They have the mm-hmm. same goddamn name. Which one yeah. is the elf? Sauron. Sauron's the big bat. The big, big bat. Sauron. Yes. Okay. Saruman is the wizard. Fine. And then Sauron. Morgoth is is their, is Sauron's boss. Okay. So they Sauron, talk about him in this game. Do they? That's fine. Yeah. So, they, they like but, but name they, drop But him. they constantly refer to this other elf as the Bright Lord. And at the end yeah. of the first game, he made another ring, which is yep. the most fan fiction bullshit <laughs> I've ever heard in my goddamn life. And that you know, before the... they turned the spider into a sexy lady. Yeah, that's right. It's like, you know, the one ring turns out there is two of them. Wait, what? I'm sorry. No, you can't. You can't just say there's two of the one ring. The article, like, means that then it's not the one ring. It's one half ring. Uh, it's whatever. But yeah, and then they turn Shelob, who is a, like, who is a disgusting spider. Who is? I looked this up, okay, because I wasn't sure how much wiggle room they had. Yeah, like how horny was J.R.R. Tolkien for spiders? Right. And Shelob is an ancient evil and is like the daughter of a goddess or something. Uh-huh. Okay, so this is... But the, I can see where they got the idea that this might be cool. But keep in mind that other daughters of goddesses are often monsters. Well, yeah, and that's 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 always and, why and, I found I Shelob found Shelob's to be so cool. was nothing but a spider, ever. And she's a scary spider, and a very old spider, and all the other giant spiders appear to be her children, which is scary too. But she's a spider. There was a way they could have done this that would have been just as creepy, and I and I know why they didn't do it, and it's because it's been done already. So I'm gonna send you something on Twitter. Okay, turning the monster into a hot chick has also already been done. I want to. No, I okay. <laughs> yes, yes, that's true. Uh, but a much better game did this other thing, which is, uh, let me, let me just real quick. Well, I'll let you just, you keep ranting about, about, about this and I'll okay. pitch. Okay, so fucking Shelob, I... let me break open the first, the first few minutes of this stupid, stupid game for you. They make the <laughs> ring. They make the yes. ring, by the way, in Mount Doom. And nobody stops, stops them. that. <laughs> they make the ring in Mount Doom. And it becomes pretty clear that uh, What's-His-Face has put so much of himself in the ring that other What's-His-Face needs to wear it to stay alive now. Because the ghost used to keep him alive, and now most of him's in that ring. Yeah. But, oops, that's not actually what's happening, because the ghost is gone! How'd that happen? I'll tell you. Shelob stole him, and, it, and it's not explained how, because she didn't move. She could just take ghosts, I guess. They're just hers, sometimes? She got them in a web and uh, traded them back to Ranger fucker for the the second one ring. So now Shelob has it. And the elf guy's like, you can't give her the ring, it's too powerful. She'll be too powerful. She does fucking nothing with this stupid ring. At the end of this, and this is all, like, prologue, it, it, there's, like, a whole chapter of prologue. At the end of that, she gives the ring back for reasons that, at, at that point in the game, at least, are unknown. And the reason is so that after that you can use your mind control powers again. But they keep on building her up, like, oh, she's so great, she's so powerful. There are these weird uh, memories you can find of her mm-hmm. possibly boning Sauron and definitely, like, conniving with Sauron. And it seems like she's his enemy now, although that's also fucking weird because she lives basically in his basement. Yeah, like, and, Siri. Like, uh, and if he really wanted, he could kill her. I always assumed that the reason Shelob was there was because Sauron did not give a shit. Ugh. I I don't know. I I will say like I don't I do not know as much about Lord of the Rings uh backstory and history as I used to because I just stopped caring when I started reading better fiction. But boom, shots fired. 
I know, right? Uh, but I it's, this it's is so, so ridiculous. It, this is this is okay. Uh, the, the 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 idea that they a had to make had to make Shelob a sexy Bond girl, but then also give her the backstory of she might be boning down with with Sarah. Not not currently. When he was a regular yeah, elf, when she was doing it. Like, when 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 he was, when he was hot. To, yes, when he was planning to take over the world. She was like, yeah, baby, take over that world. I cannot believe that they made Shelob a giant, monstrous, ugly spider into fucking, uh, oh, I don't remember her name, uh, uh, from, from He-Man. Man, uh, Skeletor. Fucking watch He-Man. Sorry, I know, but, uh, it is, this is ridiculous. Anyway, so in, uh, the, 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 the option that they had, that, had they done it, I would have accepted readily, mm-hmm. um, would have been this kind of weird centaur spider, which I just sent you an image. Okay, see that would make more sense. Except then there wouldn't be this thing because she gives what she gives the ranger visions, and mm-hmm. whenever she gives him visions, she like gets real close and kind of breathes on him and touches his face. I I think I think she could get pretty deep in there, even with a spider body. No, I think she could, but I don't think I don't think you would want to fuck her. <laughs> I don't think you should want to. Andy, no argument. I don't want to fuck her, but it it's pretty clear to it's me that the people that who made the game made this want game. you to want to fuck her. I I did did somebody read this this did somebody read Lord of the Rings and like. Like, get to the Sheila bit and think, oh, no, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no. Well, there is some bondage stuff. Oh, I don't, yeah. yeah I guess. Fish. Sure, I guess. <laughs> I guess you could call it that. I... The the D in BDSM stands for devour. Oh. Bondage, devour, spider mom. That's Dude, what that, BDSM stands for. That's, this is, this is the worst conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so Shelob I, is fucking is, stupid and a waste of a plot okay I the uh. now let me move on because I actually I remember saying this to you so I went back to find it I'm just gonna go down the list of the other stuff this game gets almost comically wrong mm-hmm. so the Witch King and the rest of the Ring Wraiths are yeah. after the Ranger because he is a Ring Wraith. He's basically become the Ring Wraith to this. Electric Boogaloo, the sequel to the Ring Wraiths. How dare you? He's become a Ring Wraith to the new Ring. Mm-hmm. But he hasn't like turned because there's a magic ghost inside him. And that's but that doesn't make die and come back to life. But that doesn't make sense because the magic ghost is in the ring oh, too. Does it not make sense? <laughs> sorry, okay. I don't mean to put. Sorry, I don't mean to poke holes in all of this. Like in in the but like the the rules that they're setting up. The, the problem is right is that Lord of the Rings has a fuck ton of rules that J.R.R. Tolkien yes, created specifically for this world, and they're, they're putting rules on top well of these rules. That completely contradict them. Yes, it's it's the whole thing is bad fan fiction. So it's it's so, baffling to me. The Witch King isn't this game. I do not remember very much about the Witch King. I was mm-hmm. pretty sure he didn't even wake up at this point in the plot. Yeah, I thought he I... was like waiting. Wasn't he waiting? Wasn't there a big scene in the movie, and I don't know if this is the same in the book. Wasn't there a big scene in the movie where, like, shit, Witch King's up. Time for mankind to fall. Listen, I watched those movies when I was in middle school, so I do not remember. But we're probably not doing those ones for this podcast. I do remember that there, that there, there, like, like the the entire plot of the third movie hinged on that. Yeah, and the Witch King basically showing Basi- up. And and there was this idea that like, oh, we are we are super fucked. Mm-hmm. And but, then two things happen. 
Yes, but the Witch King is basically just another Ringwraith, but, like, in charge. So he's fighting all these Ringwraiths, and he hurts the Witch King. Like, he can... You can do a regular fight against the Witch King. He's strong, and he obviously doesn't kill him because that would break the world too much. But I don't think a man is even supposed to be able to hurt the Witch King. Because they say he can't be killed by a man. And I always sort of interpreted that by, man, I, like, do you really think you could take out his legs if you can't kill him? You know? Yeah. Yeah, like, he is surprised when he is hurt by, I can't remember the name of anyone in that movie, but what's-her-face. Uh, yeah. And he's like, I can't be killed uh, by any man. And she says, I'm no man. She stabs him in the face and his helmet crumples and it's cool. Spoilers. It's it's a really cool moment that's literally... It's a really cool moment that was born from Tolkien being uh, unsatisfied with the climax of Macbeth. Okay. By the way, just fun fact for you. That's, that's fine. Was he unsatisfied because of their loophole about who could kill Macbeth? Was that it? Yeah, he was unsatisfied with the fact that Macbeth was killed by a guy who was born from a C-section. He was like, oh, it would have been super cool if it was just a girl. Yeah. Which I agree, Tolkien. That makes sense, yeah. I kind of wouldn't wouldn't have expected Tolkien to be the one to be. <laughs> right, the guy with only two women characters in his entire fucking three-part three epic, but, you know. Yeah. Well, he's got an elf girl and another elf girl and a human girl. That's, that's three female characters. How dare you? <laughs> Sorry. Oh, man, my bad. N plus one. Um, I wasn't counting the Hobbit. No, there's uh there's the like goddess type elf. Oh, and Aragorn's girlfriend. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And then Aragorn's the girl who wanted to be Aragorn's girlfriend, but Aragorn was like, "Nah, bae, I'm good." <laughs> nah, ain't happening. And she was like, "I'm and just gonna like, go kill this ring wraith the then." Witch. Yeah. Which like, is the I... coolest like clapback I think you could have on an ex. <laughs> Like, I wonder what my ex is doing, checks on Facebook. Killed a ring wraith. Well, Damn. fuck. <laughs> Damn. Missed that. I missed that. I, I mean, that's I on became me. king, but that's still... But I could have been... Dang. Yeah, you know. Man. Anyway, to go to keep going down this list, the Nazgul, which are the those dragon guys... Yeah. They're just fucking everywhere. And again, the point of a lot of these creatures in... Tolkien is that they're not everywhere. It's scary when they show up. So when this fucking dragon just shows up, it's like playing Skyrim now, instead of being very scary like in the movies. I think I think one of the one of the best parts of Tolkien fantasy is the fact that magic is magical because of how rare it is. Mm-hmm. And like like to the point where fireworks are Gandalf's like main trick even though that isn't magic at all. Like Yes, that's pretty cool actually when you stop to think about it. Yeah, like 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 Gandalf, like the reason Gandalf even in his like white version does not do a lot of really cool looking magic. In the and, in the two towers his big thing was like a flash of light. Yeah. Which, which was I mean that's probably very I mean, useful in a battle. It's a big flash of light, but it's not a giant fireball or anything. I think yeah, it's it's funny because like like the whole mystique around characters like Gandalf and like uh, Saruman and like uh, some of the Elven people is the fact that like you the the they're inherently magical, but nobody really knows what that means because they don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. And like and like everything you do see, they're like, well, that's just a party trick. The real magic is is deeper. It's more powerful. It was inside you all along. The, the, the real magic. Ah, oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so the fucking... So, so that's not... That's not good. The, the other thing is... Okay. 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 There's this... Alright, I'm gonna say this as a lead-up. Because this game is better than regular Tolkien about female characters and people of other races. Now, that's not entirely fair, probably, to Tolkien, because when you write a book, almost anybody can be any race. I think he just called them men. 
No, there there are there are points where he describes certain orcs as being slant-eyed and yellow-skinned, which is not a good look. Wow. Yikes. Okay. Yeah, it's not a good look. It is not. Um, but no, it, it sucks. Yeah, it sucks real bad. There's no but there. But it sucks real bad too. But it sucks real bad. Huh. But, okay, so there's more. There's more racial and um, gender diversity in this game than yeah. in the Lord of the Rings movies and books. Um, problem is, just like everything else, all the female characters are weird and problematic. Mm-hmm. Actually, no. The first one isn't. She's fine. She's not that interesting, but she's fine. I'll get to the reason why she's not interesting in a second, because it made me so mad. The yeah. second one is, uh... No, wait, I gotta be fair. Because the real first one was a giant spider. Yeah. <laughs> and they made her into... And we talked about why that sucks as a... F- <laughs> okay, so the third one, then is like an elf assassin. All right. Okay. And don't get me wrong, I'm into that. She's uh base I I think they made her an assassin so she so she can have basically the same abilities you have. Mhm. And she works for that um elf goddess lady. She's like scouting out Mordor because yeah. of this woman, okay? She carries with her a file of Galandriel, which is that um, water that like had bathed in starlight so long that it becomes starlight, or however that vague yeah. magic-y thing is. And Frodo yeah. uses it to light the darkness a lot. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of a beautiful she, allegory in the she book. She uses it as a magical shield. Oh, that's nice. Is that it's, how that works? Nope. It's not... <laughs> And it made me really mad because, because you're right, the best thing about magic in Lord of the Rings is that it's magical. It's, it's like quiet and mysterious instead of this big magic shield thing. It's, it, it's intangibility adds right, a like level the, of mystique. The thing about magic is that it, it kind of, it never gets to the, it keeps surprising you. Like that time when... I forgot that Frodo had, like, an invisibility cloak. Mm-hmm. But when he throws it over himself and suddenly he's a rock, that's yeah. amazing. That's a great bit. And none, nothing like that will ever happen in these games. Because magic is mundane because everybody uses it. Yeah. The last thing on I have on this list is the concept of a meaningful betrayal. <laughs> and All right. let me get down to this. We get down to brass tacks and this bullshit. Because. Spoilers for this game, by the way. Fuck this game. Because. (laughs) (laughs) I agree, which is why I said it this late. (laughs) There's a city inside Mordor with men in it. And I think this probably was a a real city in the books. It seems like one that... You gonna try to pull it out of your ass right now? No, it it sounds like a cool concept, though. Right, so these suddenly orcs have started showing up, and Sauron's back, and you you know the, the, they're under constant attack, and uh, the city's full of orcs, and the humans are on like the higher parts, like the upper levels of the city, because they had to retreat that far back. You discover that there is a betrayer. You discover this because your character is a fucking idiot from the spider. Because she gives you a vision that somebody's betraying the humans. Now, here's the thing. If you are a player and not just a goddamn goon, Mm -hmm. you just know this. When something like this happens, you think, oh, there's a traitor. (laughs) I I cannot, by the way, like just for the listeners, I cannot stress to you guys enough how much of a non-entity the main character of these games is. Like, he is, he is, like, just a big, square-jawed, deep-voiced, angry dad. It, but, his, but his family's dead, and now he's a slave to a ghost man. He has, no pers- I... he, has, he has no personality. Mm-hmm. He has no emotion. He, he doesn't even, like, like, in the first game, there are certain cutscenes where he's, like, yelling 
but he doesn't it doesn't sound like he's angry it just sounds like he's trying to be loud because the other people can't hear him very well <laughs> and I'm, I'm sick of the whole family died backstory it can be done well but it so often isn't i'm a mad dad and my son's dead this is as deep as my character dynamic goes but isn't it dark and broody no no it's not one it's of the just best lazy ways, one of the best ways i've ever seen for for actually doing that well is have that care introduce the character after that's happened and don't mention that that's happened until you get to know the character because then you can say oh well that's what's been pushing him this whole time it's a real cheap way to to get your players to emotionally connect with your character Mm-hmm. It's like killing it, a dog. Yeah, exactly. It's like, like, but, but if if you just if you just kill the dog, and there is no point in the story where the character acknowledges this has gotten past that, or mm. or like, or I'm just using this as an excuse, or or something like there has to be a there has to be more depth to it because like losing a son or losing a daughter or losing a dog or losing a wife or losing your house or losing your car whatever there comes a point enough how not equal those things are but keep going (laughs) i know but those are always the things that people lose like or i should have said home because that that's like more heartfelt whatever yeah you did say losing your house which yeah i meant uh, sorry home Okay. But either way, like, 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 these are all things that, like, characters will lose in order to instigate a story. Mm-hmm. Their character development has to get past that at some point. It shouldn't Other- be the whole story. Yeah, because otherwise, it's, it's, their actions are way beyond excessive. Because like, otherwise, you get the moment where Batman is punching Superman going, Why did you say Martha? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. But because Batman as a character in that fucking movie never got over his parents' death. Mm-hmm. And it so it makes as an it, instigating factor, but then after that, there has you to be a to moment caring about something else. Yeah, there has to be a there moment where the character says, going. "Yeah, that you can only like like grief can only drive a person so far. Mm-hmm. There has to be something more." So this game has a traitor. <laughs> Fucking traitor! I'll tell you. Uh, let me tell you about the traitor. Yeah. Major spoilers. I'm just kidding. Nobody gives a shit. Literally nobody cares about the story of this game. He's the general of the humans. He's like... They call him a general. I feel like he could be king. He's a leader. Alright? Of all the humans. hmm And he is betraying the humans to save his daughter in a vague, never-defined way. And that's why she's a bad character. Because all she's ever really used for... Is is, is not even as an excuse, more like. Because she, like, has her own character, but it's not that interesting. And then her biggest thing is her father betrayed the humans. Oh. So he betrays the humans. And he has a shouting match, I did it for you, or whatever. And, but the thing is, he's the leader. Which meant that he could order the humans to leave he didn't need to stay in mordor and fight till everyone died except for his daughter he could have left because that's his fucking job he could have said hey we're out because i don't want my daughter to die there's no reason for him to have betrayed anybody and it just happened because it's video game writing and it's the biggest load of bullshit and i hated it so much there, and i will always hate this okay that that this the, isn't this usually isn't the fault of the writer yes it's it's usually the fault of like somebody maybe the gameplay doesn't work with what they wanted to write maybe somebody in editing narrative was like dissonance. we can't fit all this in to mm-hmm. the cut. game so we need to cut it down to bare bones which means we're going to have to make it the shittiest betrayal in human history but it's just so bad. 
Well, that, that's the thing, right? Is like you can you can tell like, as a as a as an active as like a, as like two people who actively engage with story on a constructive level, you can tell like when even even if even if a betrayal is done poorly, you can tell when there's a like an earnestness in it. Like, oh, mm. I can see where where certain stuff was cut, or it, or it's a real shame that the gameplay doesn't really support the vision that this writer had for this story arc. But from what you've told me, this just sounds lazy. Yeah, I started to backpedal on blaming the writers because I'm genuinely not sure. Because the thing it about could... writing thing about writing in video games is you get like so much more input than if it's your own thing. Yeah, the the you get there there's like uh I forget uh her name. Uh Terry Pratchett's daughter. Rihanna. Rihanna Pratchett like has had like an entire write up on I think Kotaku or yes, uh, another find, website yeah, I find where she talked about, about that fascinating. Yeah, where she talks about like all the stuff, all the like story stuff that a writer writes for a video game and how like 90% of it just it isn't even looked at because mm-hmm. because of executive and gameplay and other reasons. But at the end of the day, right, like you can you can write you can write even if 90% of the stuff is getting ignored, the 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 quality of that 10% does matter. And yeah. you can tell when that ten percent is is subpar writing or is right. and there is I cannot stress this enough nothing of value here. Mm-hmm. This this game, I mean, the game genuinely. I've been watching a playthrough. I haven't been playing it. The game genuinely does look kind of fun to play. Uh because it 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 is basically Assassin's Creed. So if you like that version of game, you'd probably like it. Plus yeah. it has a f- couple of its own things that can keep it interesting. But the fact that the story is so bullshit and heck, I'm I'm not educated enough to get into this. But the orcs as a race, I kind of want to just say that and leave it because again, I I feel like I can't give that the um what it deserves as as I I, I can't I no, can't no, there, steamroll their bullshit well enough. There is a there is an amazing article on Polygon.com written by Cameron Kunzelman. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Okay. About about the duality of the game's like message about orcs as a race and the gameplay elements that the game uses to make the game fun, and how those two are in such conflict with each other that it's almost sickening. And it's a very good article. Um, it's on Polygon. It was, it's, it's, it was, it was a really good read and it, it, it made me less interested in a game that I was already not interested in playing. Like you could probably see one of the things I, one of the things I like about watching a let's play is I can watch a shitty game because mm-hmm. then that the person I'll get entertained by somebody reacting to it. Yeah. I feel like this game could be enjoyed by somebody who never really wanted to think critically. And that's basically it. Like, if you really stop and look at it for more than a second, or if you're a big fan of Tolkien, which I, I'm i guessing... I mean, hell, they're all nerds. I'm guessing a lot of people who play this game would be. It would just drive you up the fucking wall. I, I, I do want to say also, like, if you... I, I had like a brief I wanted to do like a write up of this but Twitter is like a shitty medium for that mm. so I was waiting when you said you want to talk about this game I was like great because because you mentioned that like this game would be good for people who don't who didn't want to think critically who just wanted to like like play this game engage with the mechanics and leave it at that and just kind of enjoy the story for the ridiculous roller coaster that it is that's fine it's not even a very good roller coaster yeah it's like one of those like kitty uh, roller coasters that they have at the uh, mall. It, like I can I can see the story beats coming before they happen, you know? That's not good. Yeah. If it was if it was like genuinely ludicrous, that would just be a lot better. Yeah, if Ludicrous Sorry. the Sorry. rapper uh R and B writer just popped out in the middle of that game, I would be very excited. Why do you do this to me, Andy? I uh don't know. <laughs> but what what I was gonna say is, is like like I, I so so Cameron Kunzelman wrote this amazing op ed about about Shadow of War's message about slavery and its mechanics on slavery. I found it to be a very interesting, very well thought out article. Mm-hmm. 
because I like to think about games on this level. I like to, and this, the, the, the phrase has become a kind of like, uh, a buzzword in the games industry. But, but to the, the idea of Ludo narrative dissonance to me is very fascinating. Um, which if I've, I've, t- I've spoken to you about this before and I, but for those of you who don't know, the idea of Ludo narrative dissonance is when a game's mechanics, uh, act in contradiction with the story that the game is telling. Do you have a good example that's not Shadow of War or Shadow of Mordor? I do, actually. So if you play uh, Bioshock Infinite, Bioshock Infinite has this entire story that's based around this idea of what is and isn't objective reality. Like, like the fact that there that we live it that the the characters live in this world that has infinite, infinite universes, mm-hmm. and and it, and it and it asks you this question of well, if there are an infinite many universes where all of the choices have been made, what weight do our choices carry? And the game tries to be really clever about this by having choices that happen throughout the story that don't mean anything. Hmm. But the big problem comes with the fact that the game follows this structure where you like walk into an arena, shoot a bunch of cops, and then a story beat happens, and then you walk into another arena, shoot another bunch of cops, and it just it, and it's that's the whole game. It's 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 there is no illusion of choice built into this game whatsoever because at the end of the day, even even if the story changes, the gameplay itself is always just I shoot all the cops. I shoot yeah. all the cops who are just people doing their goddamn jobs. Like, it feels really bad. Like to to and but then the game also tries to ask all of these deep uh, asks ask all of these deep questions about like like what does a what is what is the purpose of a police state and what is the purpose of revolution and maybe both sides are wrong and it is infuriating hmm. because you're like a another third side that is just mowing down everyone else. Like yeah, the okay. so so the mechanics of the game, which are shooting people, completely right. contradicts and, almost and, every message the game tries to get across in terms of its story and cutscene. Well, and the other thing is, it's not just shooting people. It's like doesn't that game have like a hook you can stab people with? Sorry, yeah, you could also stab people with your hook. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> the thing. I mean, as the 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 like more comical your violence is the less I'm going to buy into your whole your choices are important thing. And the, and the more it feels like a Looney Tunes cartoon, the more I'm going to treat it like it. And and that's the thing is that that game is extremely violent. And a lot of times, for no apparent reason, it's it's a very infuriating game story-wise. So, but, but that's the thing is if you want to think about games on this deeper level, like I, I'd love doing it. I encourage it. It doesn't take away from me having fun with a game it just changes my opinion of them like a game can be fun and also have problems the same way a movie can be bad but still be enjoyable right like what's a good example what's a movie that we watched recently that we liked but had problems <laughs> like that that fulfills both of those I'll things tell, i'll tell you what popped into my head was pocahontas too oh fucking yeah but yeah what a bullshit yeah, like, movie and that but that God way damn, better than I, the first one it's it's crazy and i love it <laughs> It's so yeah. fucking stupid, but yes. But yeah, yes. So yeah, like, but like, like I, I, I wanted to say Baldur's Gate, and I was like, no, that one's actually not fun. No, that was a, that was a, that was a, I, that was a. Uh, ugh, What's the exhausting. last bad movie we actually enjoyed? Hmm. It's been a. It's been a hot minute. Like. Yeah. Okay. I feel like every other episode we've done, we've had no. Mm, we, we both oh, well, enjoyed. Wait. Yeah, we both enjoyed uh, uh, both uh, Little Shop of Horror movies. Yeah, I was gonna say Little Shop, uh, the '60s version, is a pretty bad movie, and it's pretty fucking good, too. It, it, it's it like it like its goodness is almost entirely on its charm, which I think yeah. is fascinating. I think it's fascinating how how much that movie gets away with being bad simply because of how charming it is. Mm-hmm. Oh fucking fuck! So basically, what I'm saying is, video games were a mistake. Yeah, almost. Um, yeah. Hey, speaking of things mistake, I only have. I've been like running towards my thesis statement. And it keeps getting farther and farther away. So just let me say this sentence. No, no, get at it. Get it. If you don't enjoy it when people look 
in depth into movies or games or any other any piece of media at all if you get mad because it's just a game or it's just a movie or it's just a whatever fine you can have that opinion but but if you but but actively attacking people for wanting to dig deep into these hooks into these problems and want to fix them contradicts your point because if it really was just a movie just a game or just a whatever why do you care so fucking much when other people dig deep into it what how does it affect you in any way other than giving you a better experience down the road this culture that we that seems to be growing every year of like of just of like don't think about it too much just turn your brain off like don't tell me how I should enjoy my media and I don't tell you how to enjoy yours. All of these observations I make and I put out into the world, if you don't want to look at them, you don't have to. But at the same time, you shouldn't stop other people from engaging with media in a way that they find satisfying. It's not a reflection on you. It's a reflection on me. It's, that's why I want to do this. That's why Tony wants to do this. But also video games were a mistake. At the, at the end of the day, it's a bad, bad video game, guys. Yeah. It's it's super bad. <laughs> but but what, what I enjoyed about your thesis statement there was that um, you told me once that you didn't like Harry Potter and you couldn't get over the whole um, muggle-wizard divide thing. And the reason I found that so interesting and intriguing was that people who love Harry Potter find way way better reasons to hate it <laughs> <laughs> i think i think it's easier it's easier to not engage with something right than to engage with it right um, and like i was baffled by that and i i sort of dropped it because you were not you were not I, going to enjoy that conversation but like there's a harry there's like a song that i heard once about like how money in harry potter doesn't make any sense because because, like, one guy says unicorn hairs are worth this much, but the wands are only worth this much, and they have unicorn hair in them. And just, and, and like, how <laughs> the Wizarding World has, like, the craziest police system ever created. I, I have to, I'd have to, like, rewatch and reread Harry Potter to, like, kind of really settle what it is that my feelings are on the series. I will say this, though. I recently was browsing through uh, Tumblr. Mm. and and like there was like this really long post about how how draco malfoy is this like deep and interesting three-dimensional character in the books and the movies okay. really really pare him down and take a lot of his interesting aspects away for the, and and then and, and it ended with uh i don't understand people who have never read the books but have the balls to say that the movies were better and i read this whole thing that was like it was like five different posts it was like super long and i get to the end and i just respond but the movies are better. Oh, you prick. <laughs> but, 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 Here's but, the thing, though. I actually don't think Draco was pared down too much. In the first few books, he definitely is two-dimensional. Oh, yeah. Or or is a... I mean, is shown to be two-dimensional. Like, you only see the part of him that Harry sees, which is the part that's just an asshole to Harry. Yeah. Well, and that's... And that's... I think I think it I think it adds a lot to to realize the fact that like the reason that like the we because we see Draco Malfoy through Harry's eyes like we see the traits that Harry remembers and that matters right. a lot like it's a limited third person perspective but also I feel like a lot of people sometimes conflate three-dimensional characters with characters that have a lot of backstory like those aren't the, those aren't the same thing mm. a character a character can have a lot of backstory but still be two-dimensional and a character can be three-dimensional without you knowing anything about them much and sailor moon are <sighs> you you're, you're struggling it's so hard. This this show used to be like stupid and fun, and now it's like smarter in 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 a lot of ways. Like like they really fleshed out Mars really well, and mm -hmm. I found that fascinating. But at the same time, they pared down Ami to almost nothing, and they introduced this character that's definitely going to be Usagi's kid from the future, and somehow doesn't <laughs> seem to know that. <laughs> 
Oh. I know exactly who you're talking about. I'm surprised you're still... Uh, I, I guess I'm not surprised. Uh, you, I think you engaged with that show a lot more than I did, because I pretty much stopped once I finished the 80s run of the first season. Or something I'm, like that. I'm getting through this fucking show, Andy. I just hit a wall when I got to this bad, bad uh, series. Oh, oh, Tuxedo Mask has broken up with Sailor Moon. And his oh, reason no. is that he saw a vision of the future where she dies and she has married him. Which I think is his vision of the future. It's what I put together. He doesn't tell her about this. Ugh. That's our uh, time. I knew that we were low on time when I started because I did not want to go on forever about Sailor Moon and how mad I am that they made Ami terrible. <laughs> you ever notice how every fucking episode of Scooby-Doo with Velma isn't isn't just her talking about how smart she is? Yeah, it's kind of great, actually. Ami used to be cool. She killed a, a, a monster with her computer. With, like, a little handheld computer, she broke its face. Nice. And then she died. Well, you know, we all have our ups and downs. <laughs> I, I, some might say death is the deepest down of all, unless you're strong and powerful like me. So thank you for listening. Ooh. <laughs> 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 Oh. <laughs> oh, I like doing these hour-long episodes, man. Oh, they're they're fun. so much easier. After Batman, woof. Yeah, real sorry about that. I feel like we end we ended that episode on a real downer, even though I tried like we tried to like recover. We got some energy into the closing, but yeah. Alright. We spent like two hours talking about uh, uh, talking about misogyny. And, like, I made the joke before, ha we need a woman uh, on this podcast, preferably one of color. But, man, <laughs> after that one, I'm like, man, maybe we should have had a woman talk about how bad this was. Yeah, it, we got we to gotta find someone. We got to hire. We got to put out a casting call. Yes. Do you... Who, uh, Take it home. A very carefully worded casting <laughs> call. <laughs> oh, man. I still like mine. Seeking, <laughs> seeking what? female woman of color to get to, for opinions on how many bears is too many bears. Yeah, needed needed a min- female of minority status to yell at two dudes. I feel like I every think... pair of dudes could use that. No, definitely. I I think I think this is a a job market that's ripe for the opening. I think probably cutting all this out because i'm worried that at some point this did come out anti-feminist no i don't think it did i don't think it did i don't think it did i i could be like again i could be wrong we're both the wrong people to talk about this this (laughs) is why this is the problem we've hit we're we're in like uh we're in like uh an Escher's maze of not knowing. Oh, so, um, I have been your co-host Andy Reyes. Oh, and I've been your co-host Tony Arvisto. You can find me on Twitter at royalty underscore Valens, and you can find Tony at Twitter at Theater Bats. That's a theater with an er. Yes, I always forget to say er. Uh, you can find our website at directu.video. And there's, I I actually have a video I still haven't posted on there. Ooh. Get on that. Oh, is it the? Never mind. I'll I'll let it surprise me. Oh, and you can find uh, I do a comic. You can find that at inspiredbytrueevents.org. It today's is a little bit rough. It's got it's got a half melted flesh monster in it. You I'm know, like, it's a stick figure comic, so it's not like spooky or creepy or anything. But it's like weird the the the, i have it on good authority that this is one of the creepiest things you've drawn i don't know (laughs) (laughs) oh man um Um. 
Oh yeah, the... make sure to make sure to give us that sweet sweet five star review on iTunes, Google Play, whatever podcast app you use to get access to our sweet voices, uh, whispering nothings into your ear. You know, a friend of mine just asked me when our podcast became ASMR, and I think... Right then. Yeah, I think I think both of us also, are just slowly... Also, I still have that unedited piece of ASMR of <laughs> in my ear. So maybe <laughs> in the future. We'll go... I'm feeling it, mad at you for some reason. That's that's where the view money is. Post it. That's where we're, we're going to get all of our hits. We're going to get so much traffic if you post that video. Man-eating chips ASMR. Uh, not safe for work. Oh my god. <laughs> You're a garbage person. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not safe for work. Uh, if uh, you should be listening to it right now, but uh, Penguins on Parade is our theme song. Uh, yes, by Lee Rosevere. By Lee Rosevere. Listen, listen to how poppy it is. Do, 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 do. That's good, ain't it? You can find uh, other stuff by him. At a, I think it's called the Free Just Music look up Lee Archive. Rosevere. It's in the, it's, yeah. in the, it's in the description. So it's real good if you want to start your own podcast. Yeah, surpass he, us. He's done like three albums called Music for Podcasts. So you know, good on that guy. Yeah, get in there. <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> I don't. You know, I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think get in there. Don't. <laughs> I don't want anybody to get in there. <laughs> oh man! And uh, if you have, if this is for some reason the first time you've ever listened to us, go listen to our other episodes. Uh, I promise yeah. they're, I promise they're very good. Now, we only have noticed that we spent a little bit of time talking about video games, which we do less. Feminism, which we do more. We do a lot <laughs> of that. And uh, our relationship with media and culture, which we do all the time. Yes. Yeah, oh, we bring man. up like feminism a lot, actually, and I enjoy. That's just the lens that I view movies from because so I, many are bullshit in that sense. I think I think both of us are particularly sensitive to to looking at movies and media that way because of how many female friends we have. I also had five sisters growing up. Yeah, like, for a long time, a girl was somebody who could kick my ass. Like, oh, that's what a girl was in my head. Ninety <laughs> percent of the bruises I got when I was a child were for my sister. Same. No, that's not true. I fight my brother all the time. But those, those were not. Those my were sister not gave me the real nasty bruises, though the ones that turned yellow. Okay. The ones that lasted. You ever get you ever get sat on by a sibling? Oh no! You my say? little brother used to wake me up by sitting on me. Okay, but I'm talking about you're pinned down and you can't breathe. Yeah, that's cool. how he would wake me up. It was very cool, effective. Cool, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Good times, childhood. Uh, on a particularly, uh, this is, can all be used for the stinger. On a particularly uh, energetic days, he would like climb on top of like a nearby drawer and body slam me. Oh which, no! Which, if you've never been woken up by child body slam, it is uh, the worst. That sounds like that could genuinely hurt. Uh, thankfully, he stopped doing it before he got to a size where it would have caused damage. Ah, but I mean, like an like like if he hit his elbow at the right spot, I mean, your appendix was already on the way out. Who wow. Knows what well, <laughs> I don't think appendicitis is a thing that builds up over the course of a decade. I actually genuinely don't know. Me neither. Um, I don't. Yeah. We'll ask our resident uh, doctor that we know i know a couple of people who know medical stuff i i mean my sister's a doctor i i i could actually find out find out about appendicitis also it's we live in the information age ask her if it's if it's cool for somebody who has appendicitis and needs surgery to drive themselves to the hospital because i because i thought about that i genuinely all day doing other shit I was I spent all morning at the DMV, yes, but because uh, my driver's license was expiring and I needed to drive to the hospital, and I couldn't do that without a driver's license. I it was in a bit of a conundrum. I just want I need to gauge exactly how stupid I what I did was because I honestly I feel like it's if every time I talk about it, everybody seems to make it out as being a really bad thing, but at the time all I could think about was 
I was discomforted. Man, I busted my lip and got a ride to the hospital. I mean, I cut my finger open once and almost drove to Walmart. But then I started going into shock, so I drove to a friend's house instead. I'm really bad at the whole health thing. Yeah, considering, no, I, I, I don't know if you noticed that. I don't know, like, the fact that I went to my first doctor's appointment in five years a couple weeks ago. I might, I might actually die at some point while we're making this podcast. But again, uh, I'm strong, so I'll recover. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's the line we're going out on. Uh, <laughs> I think we're cutting there. <laughs> Did we do everything? I think we did everything. And then did we got sidetracked by talking about feminism. I hmm, I think we did. We got... Yeah, just really one more thing to do. I am the ghost of John Smith. Ooh. Ooh. I put some oomph into it that time. Yeah, you did. You you, uh, you got some, uh, some tone change in there. You really went, uh... Oh, what's that one singer's name? Adele. Okay, cool. I'm gonna stop recording. (laughs) Yeah, me too. By the way, uh, how horny was J.R.R. Tolkien for spiders has to be the name of this episode. How horny. Are you writing uh, it down? Yeah. Uh, it's real. It's a really good title. Like, I wonder if this will bump our SEO at all. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope so.